Hello, everybody. Uh, and Kia Ora. In the session today, we will talk um, about emerging data collection technologies uh, for road pavement assets and how to evaluate the cost effectiveness of these technologies. We have more than 400 people registered for today's session. So welcome to you all and thanks for joining us. My name is Ekaterina, I'm a Communications Officer at Austroads, and I will be moderating today's session together with one of our today's presenters, a senior consultant from Cardinal, Susan Chamberlain. First of all, I would like to acknowledge the Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the custodians of the land from which we are broadcasting today. I pay my respect to all this past, present and emerging. I also acknowledge the Treaty of Waitangi and Maori as the original people of New Zealand. A little bit about Austroads. Uh, we are the collective of Australasian transport and traffic agencies. And our focus is to support our member organizations to deliver an improved road transport network. Uh, the project that we're focusing on today was delivered under the Transport Infrastructure Program, which is managed by Rose Gallaby. A bit of housekeeping. So our presenters will speak for 40 minutes and then we will have a Q&A session for 15 minutes. The report and the slides uh, for today's session can be downloaded from your handout section, um, which you can find on the right-hand side of your screen. There's also a question section there, so please use it to send us your questions for the Q&A at any stage during the webinar. Um, if your question relates to any particular slide, please include the slide number in your message uh, to help us answer your question as best as we can. Also, you can use that same questions box to let us know if you have any technical problems. Just a quick tip, uh, if you lose sound or your picture freezes, that's most likely the issue with your connection. So um, leaving the session, closing your browser and rejoining again via your registration link usually helps. Uh, this session is being recorded and we will let you know when the recording is available on our website. And if you listen to podcasts, you can find Austroads in your podcast app. So on this slide, you can see uh, the questions we will answer in today's webinar. What data is required to inform asset decisions? What technologies can be used for that and how to evaluate them? Um, and today's experts are David Jensen from the Department of Transport uh, Victoria and the team from Cardinal, Susan Chamberlain, Colin Kemp, Ella Hingston and Trevor Chiang. So welcome uh, to all our presenters and I will now hand over to David. I'd like to give you a brief overview of the project including the project purpose, uh, the project team, the working group and governance for the project. So with the uh, emergence of new technologies, along with the widespread collection of mass data sets that are not directly linked to road condition, there might be correlations between traditional data sets and these new data sets that road asset managers have yet to either identify or utilize. So keeping that in mind, the purpose of the project was to investigate new and emerging technologies and methodologies to collect and analyze data. And all of this in the context that we are trying to support asset investment decisions, and we're always seeking to improve, uh, improving our monitoring evaluation and performance monitoring regimes. Importantly, the project also includes evaluation and comparison of these existing data collection and new methodologies to understand efficiency and cost effectiveness and potential cost effectiveness gains. Thank you. So on the left there, you can see the project team, um, myself as the representative of Austro's as project manager, 
along with the project team at Cardnode, led by Susan Chamberlain, uh, with strong support from Ella Hingston, Colin Kemp, and Trevor Chang. Um, the project was supported by a working group um, who had um, regular interactions and iterative reviews, input and reporting through to the Austro's Asset Task Force. And uh, the final report was then approved, or well, the final approval was through the Austro's board. Thank you, Susan. So this graphic just shows the members of the uh, project working group, and you can see that we had strong representation from all member agencies um, from across the uh, from across the Australia and New Zealand, um, and along with the department, uh, the federal department. Um, IPUIA and the Australian Local Government Association. So the working group was a really fantastic uh, sounding board for the project team and, and really assisted um, us in resolving a way forward on a number of issues. Um, there were a number of forks in the road that we required decisions on and guidance um, and, and one of the examples was guidance on defining the difference between an existing and an emerging technology. When does something move from emerging into an existing technology? So what I'll do now is I'll hand it over to Susan and the team at Cardno to present the main body of the um, webinar. Thanks, Susan. Thanks, David. Um, before we make a start with the project details, I just want to let you know that we will be mentioning um, vendors and specific names of some technology throughout the presentation. There is no intention to emphasise favour or any uh, particular one company over another. We simply wanted to illustrate some points with a real example. We're also highly aware that our research and findings are very much point in time and fully acknowledge that even since completing our report six months ago, technology and its use has moved on. David will cover this project, this project work, or how this project work will be used um, to keep up with to speed in the future. So instead of talking you through the project background, I'm going to run a short video next that explains the drivers behind the project. And after the video, I'll briefly explain the questions that we were trying to um, cover in the project and how we address them with the methodology um, to deliver the desired outcome. The increasing pace of change of technology brings considerable promise with more data of a higher quality captured at a lower cost. This has the potential to improve the asset management of roads by enabling better decision making and providing a more complete picture of asset performance. These benefits, however, are not automatic. For asset managers, it can be difficult to know what technology is available and how the benefits compare to the costs. There is also often considerable friction in moving to new data collection approaches as existing processes and systems are tailored for the status quo. Perhaps the biggest hurdle is confidence in moving from an existing data collection approach to having trust in the unknown. The driver for this next generation asset data collection project is to identify technology solutions that meet asset management needs, ultimately to make informed decisions. This project is targeted at road controlling authorities in Australia and New Zealand. With the scope of this project being data collection technologies that address data needs for measuring the performance of road pavement 
and related assets. As you'll have seen from the video, the scope of this project covered both current and emerging data collection technologies, with a focus on pavement performance data. The four fundamental questions we were tackling were, firstly, what technologies are currently in use, primarily in Australia and New Zealand, but overseas where we could source information. Secondly, what technologies are not in common use in Australia and New Zealand, but are emerging into the industry. And then knowing that investment in any new technology can be significant, how would a road controlling authority decide if that investment was going to be worth it? And lastly, from the emerging technologies evaluated in the project, where can road, road controlling authorities source further information to assist in their own decision to adopt or not? A five-step methodology was implemented to answer these four fundamental questions. The initial step in the methodology was a review of accessible literature. We were looking to establish the core suite of current data collection technologies and to identify relevant emerging technologies. Broad sources of information were Austroads, Roads Australia and IPWIA publications. Academic and research papers from organisations such as ARB, CSIRO and universities, vendors themselves and international publications, although we primarily focused on the UK, Germany, America and PIARC. The literature review was then followed by a series of interviews with working group member organisations. This allowed us to refine our initial review as well as understand the primary asset management decision making needs. In an effort then to cast the net further, online survey was launched by Austroads. This was to identify any additional emerging technologies that we hadn't picked up through the literature review or through our discussions with our working group members. So then having gathered the data, a data collection technology evaluation framework was derived to allow us to carry out an objective assessment of the emerging technologies. The final step was to implement the evaluation framework against the emerging technologies sufficiently advanced to extract information to conduct the evaluation. I'm now going to ask the project team to explain various aspects of the project before they give you some key outcomes against each of the emerging technologies we evaluated. Trevor. Start with you. Can you explain the data that is commonly required by road controlling authorities to inform their pavement related asset management decisions? Uh, thanks, Susan. So, Osroads has developed a data standard for common road management and investment activities. So, this road asset data standard is detailed in various recent Osroads publications and it breaks down the data needs of road controlling authorities into several function groups. So this is what the current slide is showing and it lists some of these key function groups. One example would be the Australian Road Research Board's Gypsy Track system. And this is used to map and measure road geometry. So this system is used to collect inventory data such as location and curvature measurements. One other example is traffic volume data collected from inductive loops. So um, this can then be used in the derivation of road 
utilization ratios. There seems to be an increasing trend for road authorities to be maturing their asset management objectives to become more customer focused and directly linked to organizational objectives. So this in turn will require more customer centric data to be collected and analyzed and the data would also ideally be linked to a specific road asset. To collect this data, you, would, you could use existing platforms such as apps on mobile phones, uh, and this would allow the public to report issues or give satisfaction ratings. Um, it may even involve trialing and implementing new data collection technologies. So new technologies may replace current ones, or further inform existing data sets used to report on current performance measures. It may also lead to new performance measures. Ultimately, data that is quality assured, comprehensive, and current has value to road authorities. So even data which may not contain a high level of detail and is not suitable for operational decision-making may be of use at a more strategic level. And this brings us to the concept of an information quality level. This concept is widely used to evaluate data collection technologies and was first introduced in the 1990s. So the intent of this concept is to help road controlling authorities structure information into different levels, depending on what that particular data set is useful. And we'll return to this concept later in this presentation. Thanks, Trevor. Now, Colin, what current data collection technologies did we find were in common use across Australia and New Zealand? Susan, we found a broad spectrum of current data collection technologies in use meeting different data needs. Traditionally, data collection has been performed through a combination of visual inspections and dedicated survey vehicles. Past decade, however, has seen the proliferation of digitized inspection methods utilizing mobile phones and tablets, along with the increasing use of unmanned aerial, aerial vehicles to capture imagery and other data. I'll now give a brief overview of some current data collection technologies in use in Australia and New Zealand. Visual inspections are in common use, not only for condition assessments, but also for creation and validation of asset inventory information. Smartphone and tablet applications are often used to, to digitize the inspection process in the field and photographs and video taken in the field can be utilized back in the office with inventory assessment able to, do, able to be done completely or partly there. Unmanned aerial video vehicles are also being used to provide a different perspective to ground level surveys. Various forms of handheld measuring equipment are in use, such as straight edges and wedges, macro texture measuring equipment, handheld retro reflectometers and walking profilers. There's also a wide variety of vehicle mounted equipment in use, typically allowing for traffic speed data collection. Mounted equipment can include laser profilometers, GPS equipment, and other equipment to establish location and road geometry, cameras, traffic speed deflectometers, LIDAR units, and so forth. Other pavement data collection technologies include skid resistance measuring systems, deflector graphs and falling weight deflectometers, ground penetrating radar, road noise measurement trailers and way in motion systems. In terms of road users, there are a variety of traffic detectors and loggers in use beyond tubes and loops, such as infrared, radar, LIDAR and Bluetooth units. 
Finally, in addition to those data collection technologies, road controlling authorities in Australia and New Zealand have access to a wide variety of other sources of data that provides insight into road pavement performance. These include document management systems, pre and post condition surveys, project conformance reports, road safety audits, and maintenance management systems. They also have access to various external organisations data, such as National Map, Bureau of Meteorology, Geosciences Australia, and the Australian Bureau of Statistics. Thank you, Susan. Thanks, Colin. So having established what is commonly used now to collect data, what technologies did we identify that are emerging? Susan, we identified a significant number of emerging data collection technologies at varying levels of maturity. Not all of these emerging technologies will emerge as cost-effective and useful, however. Notably, we identify that there's a new paradigm for data collection using various combinations of low-cost devices and in-car sensors, cloud storage and cloud computing, and artificial intelligence, which will complement the technologies already in use today. Here's some examples I'd like to highlight. Firstly, smartphones are able to collect roughness data on roads and also harsh braking locations. As can, as can in-car sensors, with today's cars coming out of the factory with an increasing number of such sensors. Secondly, using machine learning, road pavement can be automatically assessed from street level imagery, whether from dedicated survey vehicles or from smartphones or dash cams mounted in road control authority vehicles, contractor vehicles, or even general public vehicles. There are a number of road controlling authorities conducting a number of trials in this area. Beyond condition, asset inventory can also be collected and audited automatically using these technologies. And this includes assets such as lane marking, guardrails, poles, and curbs. Further on the condition of pavement distress data, we identified some interesting research on assessing road roughness from space, from existing satellites using synthetic aperture radar. We also found research on using infrared thermography and vibroacoustic techniques to assess pavement health and identify defects, as well as on using portable infrared spectroscopy to assess pavement seal age with good accuracy. Other emerging technologies of note include ones which permit sign retroreflectivity information to be captured from moving vehicles using cameras with high dynamic range, new Bluetooth vehicle detection technologies, and some technology providers which offer for sale large amounts of pre-captured point cloud LiDAR data that have collected for very many roads in Australia and New Zealand. We also identified that navigation application system providers, mobile phone carriers, rideshare companies, and mobile phone operating system providers are also potential sources of information on road users. There are two final emerging technologies I'd like to highlight. Firstly, there are some commercial organizations which fuse loop and other detected data with probe data from built-in vehicle systems by machine learning in order to derive estimated counts and speeds and even origin and destination data over large metropolitan areas, including for roads not covered by loop or other detectors. Lastly, we identified that sophisticated video analysis packages are available from a number of vendors that use CCTV to establish not just counts and speeds and classifications, but also road safety data, such as near collisions. Thank you, Susan. Thanks, Colin. So one of the two key outcomes of the project was the development of a robust data collection technology evaluation framework. 
We now turn to you, Ella. Can you outline the framework and how it is applied so that road controlling authorities might be able to decide whether they will further investigate an emerging technology? Thanks, Susan. So as you mentioned at the start of this presentation, emerging data collection technologies can be identified through several means, such as literature reviews, interviews, and online surveys. In order to evaluate the identified emerging technologies, we developed a two-stage evaluation framework. The first stage of this framework is the first pass assessment, which is a quick and simple assessment that screens the identified emerging technologies to select technologies for progression to the second pass assessment. The output of the first pass assessment is a list of shortlisted technologies the second stage of this framework is the second pass assessment, which is a more rigorous assessment that utilizes a scorecard approach to evaluate the selected emerging technologies against structured criteria. The output of the second pass assessment is a set of evaluation scorecards. While the focus of our report lies within the two-stage evaluation framework, it is intended that road controlling authorities use the outputs of the evaluation framework to inform authority-specific research into the appropriateness of the evaluated technologies for their organization's specific operating context. Overall, the objective of the evaluation framework is to enable a robust and objective assessment of the value provided by emerging technologies to meet the asset management data needs of road controlling authorities. So to assist in performing the first pass assessment, we defined an affordability and effectiveness spectrum. This spectrum comprises four quadrants, with the horizontal axis of the spectrum representing affordability and the vertical axis representing effectiveness. The first pass assessment is undertaken by categorizing each identified emerging technology into a quadrant of this spectrum. The technologies that fall into the affordable and effective quadrant progress to the second pass assessment. In turn, the second pass assessment is undertaken by evaluating each shortlisted technology against six criteria, namely accuracy, spatial coverage, conformity, affordability, accessibility, and local availability and maturity. The selection of these six criteria was informed by interviews with OSROADS member organisations and a review of existing technology evaluation and data quality assessment frameworks. In order to evaluate each shortlisted technology against these criteria, we defined a three-level rating scale for each criterion. Qualitative rather than quantitative definitions were adopted for the rating scales for several reasons. Firstly, the evaluation of emerging technologies is inherently limited by a lack of publicly available quantitative information. Secondly, emerging technologies may be diverse and unique, which challenges the development of a quantitative universally applicable scorecard. And lastly, 
emerging technologies are rapidly evolving and may quickly render quantitative rating scales out of date. So given the use of qualitative rating scales, we defined each rating scale relative to a baseline data collection technology, that is, an established technology that is currently and commonly used locally for the collection of similar data. Thanks, Ella. So we'll just break here. Um, just to remind you that uh, members of the audience, you can send through your questions through the sidebar um, just uh, hit on the question mark there uh, and to help us at the end um, if you uh, know the slide number or it relates to a particular slide if you can include that in your question and don't forget you can download the report which we are highlighting the sections as relevant to on each slide as appropriate um, so send those questions through and we'll tackle them at the end. So so far we've heard about the needs for data the current technologies in common use and identified emerging technologies and how they might be evaluated. I'm now going to ask Ella, Trevor and Colin to each take you through two emerging technologies. They will give you a high level overview of the technology and then the evaluation results. Full details of the technology evaluation can be found in section five of the report though. After this, Ella will go back to the information quality level concept that Trevor introduced to emphasise the notion that all data does not have to tick all the boxes to still be of use. She will then draw out the key findings from the evaluation. Thanks, Susan. So the first technology that I'd like to talk about is smartphone sensors. This technology involves the application of native smartphone sensors, such as accelerometers, to collect road roughness data. We evaluated this technology against the baseline technology of laser profilometers. Based on our literature review, we found that some smartphone apps, such as RoadRoid, calculate an international roughness index from the collected data, while others derive custom indices. We also found that the IRIs calculated by smartphone apps demonstrate variable correlation with those measured from laser profilometers. However, smartphones can be deployed readily and at low cost. The only key limitation to scalability is the penetration of the GPS signal and if data is synchronized in real time, the extent of mobile network coverage. For these reasons, we evaluated this technology as having lower accuracy and conformity than laser profilometers. Comparable spatial coverage due to the limitation on scalability, but higher affordability. We considered accessibility to the data collected to vary from low to high, dependent on whether the data is collected privately under restrictive licensing or collected directly by the road controlling authority. We considered local availability and maturity to be high, given that smartphones are readily available and the technology has been implemented in New Zealand and tested in Australia. The second technology I would like to discuss is machine learning and street level imagery. 
So this technology involves the application of machine learning to street level imagery to collect pavement surface defect data. Street level imagery may be sourced from existing products, such as Google Street View, crowdsourced through platforms such as Mapillary, or captured directly by road controlling authorities. Here, we have defined a baseline technology as network survey vehicles. Multiple councils in Australia are beginning to attach dash cams to vehicles that regularly traverse the road network, such as garbage trucks, to collect frequent pavement surface defect data and automatically upload this data to the council's asset management information system. Based on our review of publicly available information, we found that the data collected by this technology is less granular and therefore less accurate than that collected by network survey vehicles. However, our literature review demonstrated that this technology is significantly more affordable than network survey vehicles. This technology also has comparable conformity due to its interoperability with information systems, industry standard file formats, and industry standard rating scales. Like smartphone sensors, the only key limitations to scalability are the penetration of the GPS signal and potentially the extent of mobile network coverage. We considered accessibility to the data collected to be medium due to the proven ability to directly synchronize data with council managed information systems. We considered local availability and maturity to be high given that street level imagery is readily available and the technology has been implemented in Australia. Example vendors are Retina Visions and Roadbotics. I'd now like to hand over to Colin to talk about his technologies. Thank you, Ella. There's two technologies that I'll be addressing. Firstly, previously captured off-the-shelf colorized LiDAR data is available from some vendors in Australia and New Zealand such as TomTom in here. This we compared to contracting for on-demand survey LiDAR. These vendors are offering for sale colorized point cloud data collected for other purposes, in this case, their navigation products. Compared to on-demand terrestrial survey, this LiDAR data has a number of strengths and weaknesses. The point cloud data is relatively cheap and quickly available for large areas. However, it is not as accurate as data collected from surveyors. Historic point cloud data may also be quite a few years old, depending on the road. However, it may still be of use to road controlling authorities for some uses. Secondly, we investigated proprietary traffic models, which fuse using machine learning techniques, traditional vehicle detector data with probe data acquired from a very large number of normal road vehicles. Two vendors we identified are Intellimatics and Compass IoT, who both offer products in this space. These products can offer movement level counts and speeds for roads not covered by traditional detectors and for a very large number of roads and intersections, which will be cost prohibitive to capture via other methods. In addition, these products are likely to be an extremely affordable source of origin destination data, which would be cost prohibitive to capture by traditional techniques. However, these products have inherent uncertainties in their data beyond the uncertainties in their source data 
and may not be sufficiently accurate for certain road controlling authority needs. They give data also mostly in metropolitan areas and only on roads of sufficient volume. I now pass you on to Trevor to discuss some additional technologies. All right, thanks Colin. Um, so next I'll be talking about wireless magnetometers. So this is a wireless system used to detect vehicle presence and movement. And we compare this technology to traditional inductive loop detectors for collecting traffic count data. This technology uh, was reported to have very high accuracy. So Sensys Networks, which is a company in the US, reported that they were able to achieve 96% accuracy compared to 94% from inductive loops. Um, it was also found to be more affordable, so it has lower supply and installation costs, lower maintenance costs, and lower overall lifecycle costs. And this is because these devices were or are expected to have 10 years battery life. Um, and this was consistently reported by various vendors, uh, including Clearview Intelligence in the UK, um, Sensys Networks in the US, and also Optex in Japan. In terms of a local context, so there already have been reported uses in Victoria and Western Australia. Uh, there are also local suppliers such as Excel technology in Brisbane. And since this technology is based on vehicle detection, there's a chance it may be enhanced to collect traffic classification data in the future. In terms of weaknesses, each device has a very narrow detection range. So each dedicated detector needs to be installed in each road lane. Um, it may also be prone to wireless interference. And the last example, I'll be talking about video analytics software and machine learning used on CCTV videos to collect near collision data. And we are comparing this to the manual inspection method. From an accuracy point of view, uh, we couldn't really find quantitative re reports on accuracy, but Transoft Solutions in the US, which sells a product called Brisk Lumina, said, said that they were able to achieve accuracy levels that have been quality checked and validated to be above current industry standards. It's also highly affordable. So being a software, there's no intrusive installation and it can be applied pretty much to any video source pre-recorded or live. So in terms of live monitoring, it uses existing CCTV infrastructure. In terms of associated costs, uh, this will include licensing costs, personnel training, uh, general maintenance costs, such as calibration and support services. And from a spatial coverage point of view, um, if we're talking about continuous analysis of live videos, it will be dependent on the coverage of CCTV infrastructure and the video being captured. The downside is that in Australia and New Zealand, there's a lack of evidence of this technology being used. Um, we found that uh, it, was, it seems to be more widely used in the US and in China. The other weakness is that the near collision event in the video could be blocked by other things such as traffic lights, buildings, or even a large vehicle. So I'll pass it back to Ella, uh, who will talk about the key findings from the evaluation. 
Thanks, Trevor. So what does this mean for the implementation of the evaluated emerging technologies? Let's revisit the information quality level concept that Trevor introduced at the beginning of this presentation. The information quality level concept demonstrates that even emerging technologies with a relatively low accuracy have a role to play in addressing the data needs of road controlling authorities. In particular, authorities may consider augmenting existing data collection programs with emerging technologies, rather than replacing the technologies currently used. For example, a smartphone app could be utilised to conduct frequent first-pass condition assessments of an authority's road network, with the results informing the selection and prioritisation of specific areas for detailed condition assessments. In this scenario, the detailed condition assessments would be performed by an established high-accuracy technology, such as a network survey vehicle. I'd now like to wrap up our key findings into several themes. So first, I'd like to discuss the accuracy affordability trade-off. Some of the evaluated emerging technologies have a lower accuracy than the corresponding baseline technology. However, these reductions in accuracy are offset by high affordability. Secondly, data redundancy and data collection frequency. Some of the evaluated emerging technologies incentivize or leverage the collection of crowdsourced data. As an example, Mapillary gamifies the crowdsourcing of data by offering points to members of the public for verifying the results of object detection algorithms, as well as offering financial reimbursement for the capture of imagery for specific project needs. By incentivizing and leveraging crowdsourced data, as well as collecting data opportunistically, the evaluated emerging technologies are typified by strengths such as data redundancy and higher frequencies of data collection. The incidental acquisition of supporting crowdsourced imagery is also likely to offer a more current alternative to existing imagery held by road controlling authorities. Next, repurposing of existing equipment. Through the use of machine learning, the evaluated emerging technologies often repurpose existing equipment to develop new methods of collecting data. In addition to contributing to the affordability of the evaluated technologies, the use of existing equipment may also improve the ease with which road controlling authorities are able to implement these technologies and lower the barriers encountered by vendors when entering the Australian and New Zealand market. And lastly, interoperability. In the majority of cases, the outputs created by the evaluated emerging technologies are available in industry standard formats and measures. Examples of industry standard formats include CSV files and shape files, while examples of industry standard measures include the standard one to five condition rating scale. 
conformity between current and emerging technologies lessens the risk of adoption for road controlling authorities, as well as the operational costs incurred in transitioning to a new data collection technology. Thanks, Ella. So, having covered the steps through the project and the outputs, David is now going to explain the second key outcome of the project before we open up for questions. Yeah, thanks very much, Susan. Um, and really great presentation from all the presenters. Um, very much appreciated by me and I'm sure by all. Um, one of the really informative things to come out of this particular project uh, as you know, from a project point of view was that uh, the project team realised very early that this is really only going to be a snapshot in time. Um, it provides really great insights and a great evaluation framework and assessment tool, but it's really a platform um, and it's a platform for something further and, and with the rate of technologies um, that are emerging and, and, um, and how quickly they're emerging, um, the project team saw real and genuine value in establishing an ongoing forum to facilitate the ongoing identification and evaluation of new and emerging technologies, but also to enable sharing of knowledge and experiences that um, all of the Austro's agencies have um, from time to time. So with the agreement from the Assets Task Force, uh, the Department of Transport will lead a forum uh, that has really strong interest uh, from all members, all member agencies. Um, the, the terms of reference are yet to be determined and this will start to uh, occur in the next coming months. But it'll include things like the frequency of the meetings, um, the opportunity to explore a broader range of road-related road assets, um, uh, as, as Susan talked at the very top, this was more about the pavement, um, but you know, this is the opportunity for this type of forum to actually expand that into, into other road-related assets. And then also the other thing the terms of reference will include or consider will be how, how we might actually share um, the outcomes of the forum um, external to Austroads. Um, so that's all stuff to look forward to. Um, and um, yeah, back, back to you, Susan. Thanks, David. All right, so we've now come to the end of the formal part of the webinar and we are opening up for questions. So I am just going to take a minute to um, have a look what's come through. Expand out my screen so I can actually see. Okay. Sorry, I'm just um, making sure that I can actually read the questions properly. And um, so a number of questions have come through. <laughs> Thank you. A couple of people have said they like the video. Um, we did find that some of the material obviously is a little bit dry. So <laughs> we tried to break it up a bit with the um, um, production of the video to uh, uh, cover those earlier points. So, um, so on slide 14, we talked about uh, methodology and we've got a question that says, did you put out an EOI for vendors to come forward with what technologies they have or could bring to the table? So I think I can take that one. Um, yes, we did. It was a step in our methodology. Um, 
we uh, as we said we started off with a literature review we went to then we went to our road controlling authorities in the working group and understood what they were doing and then we put out a survey uh, and that was done through Austroad's own existing communications. So that survey was out there for a few weeks and we did get a number of responses. So yes, there was. Um, however, with the um, formation of the forum that David spoke about, there will be more chances for vendors to um, you know, go and highlight uh, what they can offer in this space. So the opportunity is ongoing. Um, uh, so we now have a question, no slide reference as such. Uh, Cedric from University of Queensland, would the emerging technologies work effectively in conditions when it's raining or what are the impacts of natural events on these technologies? Um, I can start this off uh, if anyone else wants to jump in. Um, the technologies, you know, there's a huge range of them, so there may be some that might be affected by uh, weather events and certainly um, some affected by uh, natural events. Um, and of course, that may cause a break in collection of that data. Otherwise, uh, I think uh, many of the current technologies also suffer from impacts of natural events. Is there anything anyone else would like to add to that one before I go on to the next question? Yes, Susan. Um, some of the CCTV software is really good these days and can actually handle quite a significant, significant amounts of rain and even fog and still give, give good outputs. Okay. That's worth knowing. Thanks, Colin. Okay. Um, all right. I'm just going to read this. this is related to slide 17. Um, suggestion we should mention that some of the automated data collection devices such as FWD, GPR uh, need to be used in conjunction with intrusive investigations in order for the data to be used for designing rehabilitation treatments. Yes, would agree with that. Um, we've tried to put across the point that um, some data is used at certain stages in decision making and others uh, later down the track and there's certainly a lot of data that perhaps these emerging technologies bring um, would be a more strategic or program level and when you get down to project level yes you probably will have to support that with some more uh, intrusive type data for sure. Um, uh, anyone want to add anything to that one? Okay, just scrolling down. Um, just a reminder to the audience um, that if we don't get to your question, uh, the, we will come back um, with answers, um, written answers after the webinar, so in a week or two, so no worries about missing. Um, Okay, so slide 31, Katerina. Um, okay, this is quite long. Uh, I'm just going to read it out. I haven't pre-read it, so let's see how we go. If we are in collaboration with Canterbury, Bankstown, Blaney, George's River and Central Coast Council, so in New South Wales, has trialled photometric survey solutions using street level video footage and machine learning with great results. So that's really good to know. Evaluation report will be ready next week. 
um, happy to share it. So um, to the person who wrote this in, that would be good for the forum to consider. Um, and uh, the summary is uh, current technology is suitable for asset inventory and asset condition assessment accuracy is greater than 70% compared to profilometer and visual inspections and a cost effective option we will do more testing to confirm accuracy machine learning improves quickly accuracy will increase cool so anybody Susan, who's got sorry yes Susan I was just going to say that was yeah I think that would be really fantastic for the forum mm. to consider um, and so perhaps if we can get some contact details there and some uh, that that would be um, yep. really great for us yeah so we will have a full record of who asked the question, David, and we will be able to get uh, in contact. Fantastic. Okay. Yep. Um, there aren't a lot more questions. Is people coming in with um, examples of other vendors and other um, technologies? I am going to skip through those because, as we said at the start, we you know there are certainly a lot of those, and the forum will deal with those. So thank you very much for people that are submitting questions, well not questions but statements about um, uh, te technologies that you haven't heard about. Just bearing in mind that the report is wider than what you've seen in the webinar. Um, a lot of interest in the forum, so that's great news, David. Um, okay, this is interesting. No slide references. Such question: Customer-based technologies serve us as road asset managers, or work against us? Is there an intent to have a baseline minimum data spec for each type of collected data that will actually flow through to the same test method? Um, David, you might be able to um, answer this one, but um, for those who um, are familiar, there is a Osprey data specification. Um, so I'll just read that question again. Is there an intent to have a baseline minimum data specification for each type of collected data that will actually flow through to the same test method being adopted by each state without it being tweaked to each state's preferences? Right now we have multiple test methods from the original Austroads methods. Um, and actually there is a reference to slide 35. I think that's something for the forum to consider uh, in terms of having discussions with the assets task force about future future projects or future future directions on bringing it all together. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, David. Um, uh, Oh, okay, this is a good question, David. How do we become part of the forum? Susan, is that from a vendor or from a road controlling authority? I can't tell from here, um, Colin. So I think, David, it's just how, how just elaborate slightly on how people can interact with the forum, maybe. I think his picture's frozen. Okay, 
Um, in that case, then I will take a punt and say that uh, watch the space in Austro's communications because I think once the forum gets up and running, it will be uh, making it known through their normal communication channels uh, what the terms of reference are and uh, how you can interact with the forum. So the forum members will be made up from um, Austroads members themselves, um, but there will be encouragement for vendors and and or other road controlling authorities, local authorities, whatever, to interact with the forum to um, put information to them and to take away and share information. So um, I hope that did that justice. Um, oh, Ella, this must be one for you. Uh, could you elaborate on affordability and what is the threshold of that example in the quadrants? Okay, so we're going back to the, the first pass assessment stage of the assessment. And here we're just trying to really get an idea of feasibility. Um, so the idea of the first pass assessment is that we don't want to evaluate a long list of technologies as part of the second pass assessment, because that's quite a rigorous and detailed assessment. So in terms of affordability, we do have several uh, guiding criteria outlined in the report. Um, and I would have to refresh my memory as to what we actually wrote in the report against affordability, but it really is looking at it from a high level of, is it feasible? Is it something that we actually want to consider investing in? And then that's when we take it into the second pass assessment and compare it to the baseline data collection technology. Um, so it probably is just useful to pick up on the point that in the second stage of the assessment, we always bring back the affordability criterion to the baseline data collection technology. So if it's given a rating of medium, that means it's comparable affordability. And if it's given a rating of low, that means it's more expensive than the baseline data collection technology. Um, so in summary, affordability definitely comes into play in both stages of the framework, um, but I would have to uh, go back to the, the uh, report to find out what explicit guiding criteria we put in for the first pass um, assessment of the framework. Okay, thanks Ella. Sort of on the same line, so this is in reference to the slides where we had the evaluation up for those six technologies, 31, 32 and 33. Uh, was consideration given to the timely relevance of emerging technologies versus traditional? More timely data has the potential for more relevant decision making. Do you want to have another go at that, Ella? Uh, could you just repeat the question? Sorry, just trying to. Okay, so find was the consideration. Yeah, was consideration given to the timely relevance of emerging emerging technologies versus traditional? more timely data has the potential for more relevant decision making? So that um, wasn't an explicit criteria within the evaluation framework, but we did also have an overall assessment of strengths and weaknesses as part of the evaluation framework. And through our assessment of the strengths and weaknesses, that has actually come through into the key findings. Uh, so one of our key findings was that you do get increased data collection frequency uh, through the emerging technologies. So definitely through that increased data collection frequency, we're getting more timely data and therefore better data upon which to make our asset management decisions. Thanks, Ella. Um, 
we've just got time for one or two more. So slide 35, will road agencies have a consistent approach to the application of a specific technology and the use of the data generated? Now that's ideally a question for David, but it looks as though he may have dropped out. Is that right? Okay, right, so I'll have a go at this. Um, I, unless Austroads are going to tackle this specifically, uh, and I honestly, I don't know that, but I suspect not in the immediate future, um, there won't necessarily be a consistent approach across road controlling authorities. There are data specifications out there. There are reporting requirements that you will have and you will have to adhere to those. Um, your application of a specific technology certainly in the immediate future will probably be down to your own road controlling authority. Um, and just as to long add to that, Susan. Sorry. Yep, sorry, Colin. Yep, uh, go just for it. Just to add to that, Susan, um, road controlling authorities come in all different shapes and sizes and what you might do for a rural council might be a lot different from a metropolitan yeah. council or a yeah. state government road controlling authority. So I imagine um, Osroads may come up with new guidelines, for example, but yeah. you always have to be a horses for courses, I think, at the end of the day. Yeah. David, I see you've come back online. We've just had an attempt at answering something that you might be better uh, to address. I'll just read it again. Will hang road on, hang on one second, Susan. Yep. Sorry, just give me one moment. I'm going to turn off my video, everyone, because um, I've lost uh, my MBN connection and I'm working off own and it's not come, the web, it's not been able to handle everything. So okay. I'll just turn well, off my, okay. I'll still be here. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right, so will road agencies have a consistent approach to the application of a specific technology and the use of the data generated? Uh, I'll still miss the start of that, I'm so sorry. Okay, I'll just go one more time and then, and then we'll just move on. So will road agencies have a consistent approach to the application of a specific technology and the use of the data generated? I'm not sure that's the purpose of the forum. I, I think that's something that can be discussed by the forum. Um, and, and certainly I think it'll still be up to road agencies to um, then decide on how they use that data or what works for them. Um, yes, we are always looking for consistency in application across um, all member agencies, but I suspect that there'll still be uh, nuances and uh, differences in how people want to use that technology. This forum is probably more about sharing what people's experiences are in using that technology. Yep. But, Thanks, but, but again, that'll be that'll be terms of reference for the panel uh, for the uh, forum to decide yeah. how they how they want to operate. I think. Yeah. Okay, um, and just last question in the last minute, uh, has there been consideration of future data items that are currently not collected uh, but are emerging as valuable? And they've given an example of things like ADV, I'm not entirely sure what that is, and interconnected vehicles. Colin, you might like to have a go at that one. Uh, as part of our report, we did cover um, future data needs of road controlling authorities, and we we certainly um, kept an eye out for such technologies as well. Yeah, that's right. So I think you'll find that we we've given you a snapshot in our webinar here, but 
the report is a, a little fuller with more detail and a full list of the technologies that we covered, bearing in mind that we could only evaluate those technologies that we actually had information for because um, we were only using public sources. So um, yeah, go, go to the report and have a look through. So now I can see Ekaterina's back in picture. And so that means we're at the end of the question and answer session. Thank you everyone to uh, questions submitted. Over to you, Ekaterina. Thanks so much, Susan and the team. Uh, we do have a few questions left. And as Susan said before, we will prepare a written response and email um, that document to everybody after the session. Um, and before we finish, just a few quick words um, about our future webinar. So we have one more session this week. Um, so join us on Thursday um, to hear about a strategy for future improvement of the mechanistic empirical procedure used in pavement rehabilitation and strengthening treatment design. Um, to learn more about the technical basis uh, for changes made to the guide to pavement technology, parts two and five, register for the session that we will uh, have on the 3rd of August. And in July, there will be two webinars. So one will present um, Australia's project pipeline for 2021-22. And the second session will focus on um, Australian and New Zealand emerging vehicle technology trials. So for more information, just go to our website. Um, and as usual, uh, when we close um, our today's session, there will be a questionnaire on your screen. So please take a few minutes to fill it in. Uh, let us know what you liked or didn't like um, about the session. Um, your feedback always helps us um, um, shape our future webinar program. And once again, the session has been recorded and we will let you know when the recording is available on our website. So thanks again, everybody. Um, stay well and safe and enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you next time.